It's a bitch hunt. 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 Okay, awesome. Live, hot and fresh. Out wet the and wild. Wet and wild. <laughs> wet and willy. So, Jacob, I really can't believe that you haven't seen Mamma Mia. No, this is the movie that's the, uh, it's like the untold story of the birth of the band ABBA, right? It's not about ABBA, but what? it features the music <laughs> of ABBA. Okay. You're, now, you're ABBA, yanking my, or ABBA, you're yanking as my people chain. sometimes call it, uh, we 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 say ABBA or ABBA, um, but I've but really uh, the 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 band itself was named after a song structure, A B B A. Okay, isn't that right. not just, how you pronounce is, it? This you is don't like, pronounce no, you don't. You don't pronounce just say it the A-B-B-A. letters as fast as you can. A B B A. Well, that's actually that's what everybody does when they say a word is they're just spelling it really fast not true that's true there's a lot not more complex guys guys don't think about it too much as somebody who studied linguistics extensively will and was in a linguistics class with you in college you should know better than that i'm sorry i was trying to pull a fast one on you guys we're too quick for that so the 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 movie opens up on a beautiful island in greece and what? uh Abba is based out of Sweden, Will. I know. It's it's weird, but the movie actually takes place in Greece. And we have our 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 main character. Oh, who's it played by? Uh played by Ingeborg. I think it's Amanda Seafried, right? Oh yeah, it's Amanda Seafried. Yes. Oh. Amanda Seafried. Uh of Mean she, Girls fame. Her mom is Meryl Streep. Yeah. Um, and yeah her dad could be one of two people and so we're trying to figure that out or maybe no i actually can't remember how mama mia goes at all it's a really good thing that you're the one who's explaining this to me then but i, I the honestly point is haven't the, seen it either so the songs are really really good <laughs> oh man the you songs just, are really see that's the thing that i know is that abba songs dancing are amazing. queen yeah dancing queen is fantastic i mean don't even get me started that's somebody, like literally my Sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, as somebody with uh, whose mother is one hundred percent Swedish, um, whose grandparents went or were raised in Little Sweden, USA, Abba is a big part <laughs> of my life growing up. Uh, Probably not as big of a part of my life as it should have been, to be completely honest. Well, was Meryl Streep a big part of your life growing up? Meryl Streep is and should be a big part of everybody's lives, and yes, she was a big part of my life growing up. Which made this week's theme very easy for me, as somebody who is already a Meryl Streep fan, who roots for her every year at the Oscars, even though she's a multi-time winner, and one could argue the New York Yankees of actresses. I was literally yeah, just going to uh, say that. Sometimes she's not even nominated. She's the New England Patriots <laughs> of um, of acting, I guess. Yeah, she's the Tom Brady of oh, being an actor in her late 60s. It's just not a good comparison, though, because she's just super likable. And uh, I guess I was going to say and talented. I mean, all those other people are talented, too. Yeah. But I feel like Meryl Streep 
is the Meryl Streep of acting. She's similar to Tom Brady, though, in that she was drafted in like the last round into acting league. And now she's just <laughs> got this Hall of Fame career. And as far as I know, she likes New England. Uh, I don't know. She, I don't think she's ever been in a movie with Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. So I th- Everybody was in The Departed, Jacob. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> she was Mikey. Name an actor Departed. who's not in The Departed, Jacob. You can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe like uh, somebody who wasn't born yet. Yeah. I don't know many actors that are under the age of what, like 12, 13? That movie came out in 06, was it? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. What are the New England That little girl from the room. What, what? Never mind. It's not important. I I would say Massachusetts. Um, Oh, New England states. Maybe like Delaware. Maine, New Hampshire. I mean, I, I kind of think that it's like anything Massa- northeast of New York. Massachusetts on like, up, maybe? Yeah, Massachusetts. You got Connecticut in there. You got Delaware and the Rhode Island. You got Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Okay. What about yeah. like What about like Philly? What about, I guess, no. They, hate, they hate New I mean, England. I'm just saying like... Meryl is <laughs> from New Jersey. Is she so really? she falls just outside of New England. Huh? I feel like a lot so of I take people it back. She's she's nothing like Tom Brady. Nothing. My my midwesternness is showing here because I have no fucking clue if New Jersey is in New England or not. No, that's uh, I don't know. What would you call New Jersey? I think it's just England proper. It's like the UK. It, it just is England. It's, yeah. Old until <laughs> until Brexit. Oh yeah. That's well, gonna that's suck something. when they when they Brexit and New and uh, New Jersey is just forcibly removed from the United States and I we're think, back to down be to forty nine states. Let's be honest. There's probably a large contingent of people who are okay with that part of Brexit. Yeah. And this leads it's, me to my pitch, which is a biopic Brexit Theresa movie? May. Played by <laughs> Meryl Streep. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, I was, I was strapped in for that. I was so ready. I may be stealing your idea, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you had three words of your pitch already down, Will. You can't change it that much. I forgot them. You forgot them. Okay. It was Luke, really just right. three tell, syllables. Tell us your real idea. Teresa. What's my real idea? No, tell us it. Okay. Meryl Streep. First scene, she's in a hospital speaking to her doctor. It's a grim scene. She's there with her lovely wife getting news that her dementia is progressing faster than they had hoped and expected. Oh, boy. So she and her wife, who's played by Pam Greer and the second Pam Greer renaissance since jackie brown love it (laughs) all right um they go home it's a grim situation but they clearly love each other a lot and the next day pam greer tells meryl streep um you've got to go meet your handler because meryl streep though old and sick is a spy and pam greer is helping her continue to lead that lifestyle by keeping her organized keeping her scheduled all that stuff so she meets her handler gets a brand new dossier of sorts and real quick give me give me, give me an actor or actress for the handler let's go uh 
Ray Fiennes. Oh my God. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Can Emma Thompson be in this movie? Yes. Hold your horses, Will. We're just getting started here. Okay. Sorry. So I'll, I'll find a way to work Emma Thompson in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Luke. So Ray Fiennes gives her this dossier, and uh, he also asks her how she's doing, and she doesn't tell him anything. She she hasn't disclosed. We find out that she has this illness. And she just takes the dossier, goes home. She and Pam Greer pour over it. They discover that she's been tasked with hunting down a fellow spy slash mole who Oof. has been leaking information. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm getting... Uh... This reminds me of a conversation that I had recently, not with either of you guys, unfortunately, about the movie Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which was both a great movie and also utterly incomprehensible. Um, On a scale of, let's say, the movie Spy to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, how confusing are we going here? I mean, both of those are pretty complex yeah, I was going to say, man, you need you need something more my speed on the okay. end of this. Give me give me another name. Give me another point of comparison then. Um This this will be fairly complicated to be honest. Okay. But okay. a lot of that will be because the the plot is supposed to reflect her own confusion. Oh. So it's one of those films where there are certain bits of reality that are confusing and we don't know if it's because she is perceiving them in a sort of fragmented way or if that's just how things are you know a little bit of a unreliable narrator kind of a situation exactly sure exactly sure um but at the core of this is her performance that's what it's about it's about showing off those chops she's playing someone in an extreme situation she has to be both a tender wife, a fierce spy, and someone who's coming to grips with the fact that she has a terminal disease that's greatly affecting her ability to understand anything around her. That's nonsense, Luke. There's no actor who has the skill to pull such a such an amazingly complex role off. But wait, oh, have naive. you heard of Meryl Streep? Naive, what? naive <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Um, this is right. I feel like this is right in Merrill's wheelhouse. Yeah, I feel like, like you, you need to have at least eight Oscar nominations in order to pull this something this off. I mean, well, how many does she have? I don't know. I I just said that because I assume it's more than eight. It's probably something that we should have had ready. Well, anyway, coming into this, knowing that we were doing a Meryl Streep Oscar movie, I'm gonna plunge ahead. Go ahead. She's going about this investigation, right? Trying to figure out who this mole could possibly be. And she is just out and about, pulled into an alley by, who else? Emma Thompson. No! Oh, now Emma Thompson tells Meryl's character that she is her handler, and... But wait, oh she's, my God. she slips but, her but a she's separate not. dossier. She's not, she's not Ray Fiennes. She's not Ray Fiennes. So now she has two dossiers, two people claiming to be her handler, and she doesn't know what the truth is, 
Meryl doesn't know which one of them is the mole, or perhaps Ooh. she's the mole, and someone else is just taking advantage of her condition and playing her against the system. I feel like... So she needs I'm, to figure this out with the help of Pam Greer, and that's what the movie's all about. Wait, but Pam Greer knows who her handler is, or does Pam Greer not actually know who her handler is? Or is well, Pam Greer see, a double agent? Has she been a double agent all along? She or maybe is not. she's not actually so, Meryl Streep's wife, and she's just pretending to be and taking advantage of her. I, I oh bounced this premise off my girlfriend, and her first reaction was, don't make the queer character evil. So, well, I'm not going to do okay. that. <laughs> oh, come on. It's 2019. Gays can be evil, too. I mean, they can and they have been in, in a lot of pop culture. But, it's but so true. But Pam Greer has a heart of gold. So, we're still so sort of at the thing. end. Of, the, the reason of... Pam Greer doesn't know is because she only started getting involved in the spying business as an assistant of sorts. After Meryl's mental state had deteriorated quite a bit. So she's known, Ray finds, as Meryl's handler. Okay. But she doesn't know how far that goes back. Oh, um, so she she is also questioning whether Ray finds is the real handler. Yes. So I suppose everything I is all covert and hush-hush. I'd just like to take this moment to say that I did a quick count and apparently Meryl Streep has been nominated for 21 Oscars. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible and it's very possible that I miscounted. No, but, uh, I actually just just googled that too. It's 21. That's insane. So, like I was trying to be I was trying to be silly saying 8, but it's really like almost 3 times that much. So she passes the threshold for being able to pull this off. Yeah, almost by how, three times. This is going to be too easy for her. How many so films she has she been in? Is what you're saying? Like what? What <laughs> is needs... her nomination rate? Oh God! She first got nominated in question. the 70s, which means it must be like over 50 percent or close to. Well, I I would doubt that. Actually, wait. She's no, sorry. In, the she's 70s been in, is like a long time ago. Apparently, according to the Internet Movie Database, she's been in 85 films. Yeah. So that's so still she's not that unbelievable. Good. That's like one in four. Eh, I've, I've seen better. Oh, you're talking about per movie. I thought <laughs> I, you meant... I, don't, I really don't think you have seen better, though, Luke. I, mean... I thought you meant per Oscar. <laughs> 85 movies per Oscar. No, I mean, like, eight, like 21 she's nominations in... per, like, what, like... Only so it was, it's only been like 40 some Oscar ceremonies, okay, Academy Award like, ceremonies. I feel like we're, we're straying from this uh excellent pitch that Luke's just given us. I mean, well, yeah. I just I, I know our audience back. is kind of like they're they're kind of mulling it over in their heads, like what, what, how does, how does our uh, how does our Meryl get out of this? The thing about Meryl Streep that this is the another digression but it's a huge tragedy that she'll never become dame meryl streep you know she just because of being american why can't she just pretend to be british she 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 can just like she can go up she can go up to her majesty queen elizabeth and just be like hello 
I've been British this whole time. Holy I'm Dame shit. Judy Dench. I'd Do you want a night? Please again? give me a damelyhood. And then, and then, and then she'd be like, "Fuck, that's a really good accent. You must." Act. She speaks in an American accent. The Queen, for some reason. <laughs> She's like, "Okay." I guess I've got to dame you because you're so fucking good at getting Oscars and well, our economy is... is in the toilet and we need to bring back that gold because gold is the only thing that sustains us now. Okay, let me let me just reel this in one more time and bring that digression back from the brink. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to stifle your creativity, Will, because... That was great accent work. It was beautiful. And it Thanks. Was a, I spent a year in England, so... And I feel like you just maybe wasted... It a really great pitch idea on that digression. Um, <laughs> Damn it. But <laughs> uh, I love the idea of uh, us kind of following uh, following the lead of Dame Merrill and being not quite sure what's going on. Um, I know that, you know, I've been getting s- like slight memento vibes from this just because of the fact that there's, I mean, that's kind of a, it's kind of a cheap uh, association to make just because there's a memory loss involved, but there are some really cool things that were done in that movie that I think could be translated in a forward direction into this movie. Yeah. Just in terms of like stuff being stuff being hidden and maybe it's slowly revealed over the course of the film. She's also going to have tattoos all over her body. Okay. I thought that was a given. <laughs> that was a given. I'm pretty sure that's how everybody deals with memory loss. That's I know that's how I do, and I don't even have dementia. I just sometimes I forget things, so I gotta tattoo them on my body. What's your most recent tattoo? Pickles. I don't know why I put that there. Probably because you needed to get pickles from the grocery store and you kept forgetting them. Beats me. <laughs> gotta gotta check my fridge, I guess. Well, I guess it, that proves that your tattoos aren't working. Well, it it still makes me look like a human grocery okay, okay, list. Well. <laughs> I'm just gonna wrap up my pitch. I think I've I've said my piece. Uh, seems it was impossible to. Luke, you tried really hard. I'm really sorry for stepping all over your pitch. I don't forgive you. <laughs> and as a punishment, now you have to pitch your idea, Will. All right, so. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a while, and you haven't. No, you I was haven't. thinking. It's a slap in the face. Dame Judy Dench is. You only said that because I just said her name. Did you say? Uh, Go on. You didn't. You didn't actually say Dame Judy Dench. Go. You, I mean, you're the one who's going to be editing this, so you'll hear it. <laughs> All right, Dame Judy Dench, which has not been uttered yet in this podcast. Uh, is the aunt of Meryl Streep, right? Meryl Streep is American. Wait, mm-hmm. aunt as in A-N-T. As in A-U-N-T. Uh, yeah, missed Although, opportunity there. <laughs> in this universe, ants are every single character except for Dame Junie Dench. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dangerously close to your Adam Sandler pitch. Um, so there's uh, Dame Judi Dench. She's she's British. 
Um, there is Meryl Streep. She's American, but uh, Dame Judi Dench is the the aunt. Here, I'll, I'll just make it really easy for you. The aunt of uh, Meryl Streep from across the pond, and they're kind of estranged. Like they're they're not. That side of the family is kind of like the black sheep of the family. Meryl Streep has had a really good uh, family life with her kind of nuclear family, who are mm-hmm. all sort of recent um, uh, British expats. You know, she sure. she she grew up in America, but like her her mom and dad are both both British. Um, so she has the accent of 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 the Yanks. I don't know why I'm over explaining this. The point is. <laughs> Um, I, I think I do know. I know. <laughs> the point is, her parents her parents have just died, and uh, she discovers in the attic um, a document saying, like, you need to go visit your your aunt, whose name is uh, Dame Judy Dench. I was Duty gonna Gench. say. <laughs> <laughs> duty <laughs> i was gonna say helga actually that's, that's what i was gonna say British this whole time name. is it i guess you would know more than i do uh i mean she she are like very long ago she has a little bit of like scandinavian heritage you know <laughs> i know helga is like kind of german sounding but like i'm talking about kind of more like the the danish helga you know like helg but like she just goes Ooh, by yeah. helga okay Anyway, um, so she 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 flies across the pond to to meet Dame Judi Dench, and Dame Ju- Judi Dench lives in this like massive stately home out in the in the English countryside, kind of in the north, in sort of like Jane Eyre territory. Like everything uh-huh. is everything's kind of bleak. There's these really coarse hills and like you know bluffs, clifflets everywhere you know is she she living in a castle or just a really big house it's just like a really big house yeah it's like it's in the stately home tradition of sort of it's it's sort of a tudor mansion you know Uh um and so she's gone out into the countryside she has to take this this long kind of shining-esque journey out into the countryside along these kind of windy roads and there's all it. these lonesome sheep fields and and the, like this this shepherd with one eye and a pitchfork kind of like stares at her as she's like <laughs> driving you know and 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 kind of just is menacing. As, <laughs> as she has to she has to stop at a turnstile and he, he kind of like comes up close to her and is like where you going love and that's my british accent again um <laughs> And she she's she kind of gets wigged out and and just just floors it out of there, you know. Who's gonna play that guy? Uh, you know the guy from uh, Trailer Park Boys <laughs> with the <laughs> with, with the which one? <laughs> yeah, you know the one the, I'm talking the office about. Office Space guy, the stapler guy. It's not the same actor. <laughs> it's but not the same actor. It's Luke. The same vibe. No, the guy who plays Bubbles. <laughs> are they? Are, no, they're not the same. I I thought that for a long time too. It's, it's not the same person. Stephen Root was the guy in the or in Office Space, and ah, uh, oh, who plays Bubbles? Uh, it's Bubbles, ugh. though. I'm talking about Bubbles, but like with uh, a lot I'm of. Come up with it. I'm gonna Mike Ro or Pat Roach. Pat Roach. So Pat yeah. Pat Roach with like a lot of um, makeup and prosthetics <laughs> and stuff, you know. 
It's the, the glasses. same, the same it's like the really glasses. buggy eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, and he's got like he's got a, a shepherd's cap on, kind of raggedy clothing. You know. I can see this. Perfectly. And he says, "Where are you going, love?" But he's got he's got that kind of weird high pitched voice that's a little grainy. He's like, "Where are you going, love?" You know. I don't know why. The, it's these these that's, tiny particulars that actually make the movie. You know, I was gonna say that it's clearly gonna be a really important, if like only seconds long, part of this movie. <laughs> this movie. This movie is gonna be Oscar nominated, but it's not gonna be Meryl Streep. It's gonna be hey, Mike no, wait, 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 now. <laughs> I'm just joking. So okay. we have fun on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, she gets she approaches this this like really uh, intimidating tutor home and and she she kind of makes her way in and it's all creaky and uh you know and there's like this one caretaker who's like extremely frazzled like her her hair is all in a tizzy she just looks like very very disturbed played by carrie mulligan oh great choice exactly and and she's she's kind of like I didn't think I didn't didn't expect any visitors. We haven't had visitors in in a very long while. And she's all like, you know, uh are you going to do a full like teleplay will? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really scrambling to make a plot here, guys. You'll so, get there. So so anyway, entereth Dame Judy Dench. She's like this really really imposing like she's she, they somehow make her kind of look taller, but they also make her look icier too. You know, like she, like like she's gonna be bathed in this white light at all times. Yeah. You know, she's a white walker. Well, oh, no, God. she's not like she she still looks like a human. She's just got like <laughs> this really really imposing and like like cold, just like cruel sort of uh, cinematography all around her. You know, and and she's she wears this just. Uh, disdainful scowl on her face at all times, you know? And so anyway, uh, basically, the movie is going to be like sort of this this visceral, intensely uh, hermetic and sort of like all within the confines of this spooky old house thriller in which Dame Judi Dench is just like psychologically tormenting um our Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep like finds that like she can't actually escape from this house and the reason why is because she needs to figure out the secret of like why her parents were are estranged from Dame Judy Dench and why this letter came about but also Dame Judy Dench is like extremely ex- like they got like some extreme skeletons in her closet and is like really like super 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 fucked up essentially essentially what you're pitching here is uh like a standard haunted mansion type thriller but where the ghost is alive yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's like some really um exactly it's like a really it's i'm kind of thinking of it as like almost like misery vibes like there's this uh-huh. some like there's that uh munchausen's by proxy kind of vibe with it where like she's starting to get kind of sick and like feels like she's been poisoned by dame judy dench but like 
doesn't know for sure like because there's all this sort of like creepy gaslighting going on and like it's just going to be really fucked up my my idea is basically i'm really really mad for a number of reasons because uh this this podcast is going to come out in a while but spoilers the oscars didn't nominate hereditary for anything and and like notoriously doesn't nominate nominate like any horror movies for shit because they fucking hate horror but they love they're super horny for meryl streep so i thought if we can get meryl streep in like a high octane like thriller horror movie that's the way that's the way to do it basically i just i gained a hell of a lot of respect for this pitch will um and i know that we've talked about this outside of the podcast but the fact that uh, Tony Collette was not nominated for an actress for her performance in Hereditary is it's a crime frankly criminal it's, it's disgraceful I mean, it's only a crime if you expect the Oscars to be anything better than run of the mill contest tributes to biopics and boring mainstream not particularly risky dramas but this will not be that <laughs> but it will have Meryl Streep. All I'm saying is, if you want to watch film awards, Spirit Awards are the only way to go. Okay. Is that because they do horror because Shout it's a Spirit it's, Awards? It's an award for spirits. There's like a lot of spirits in horror movies. Yeah, it's as the name suggests. It's only horror movies and only spiritual well, and, horror and movies. alcohol and alcohol movies. Movies with like a lot of spirits in them. Right. Like the alcohol kind. And like really lively movies also. And movies about like high schools where everybody loves the school. And also movies about cocktail sandwiches because there's like a little, there's like a little, one of those like little tooth, toothpicks in, in it. That they, they're spearing it, you know? Exactly. Oh, but you know who is nominated for best female lead for the Spirit Award? Tony Collette. No. Nah. All right. Well, I'll be boycotting the Oscars and only watching the Spirit Awards. You know what is nominated for Best Feature? Hereditary. Hereditary. And, oh yeah. And sorry to bother you. I don't. Man, they did it I right. Seen that. <laughs> you don't like sorry is, to bother you? <laughs> I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I haven't seen it, and I'm also not sure if that's a movie or if you're just saying that because you interrupted Will's pitch. No, no, it's a really something it's, that he would it's a never highly acclaimed movie, which I have not seen. But it's an I amazing really movie, and it's on Hulu. So really, come on, come oh, on, damn. Boys. Okay, well, uh, if anybody wants we'll take to, this uh, offline, but oh, I want I want yeah, your okay, Hulu. I've heard of this. I want your Hulu password again so that I can I can watch that shit. Samezies, I don't have a Hulu account. I'm a poor man. Anyone listening? <laughs> my sign in. We're going to have 100k people signed into your Hulu account. It's actually my friend Maddie's account. Her email address. No, just kidding. Shout out to Maddie. (laughs) All right, so, Will, uh, you've picked two very high-powered performers. Three, actually. Really four, if you count Carrie Mulligan and Pat Roach. Um (laughs) Who I was kind of yes. hoping, I was kind of hoping that you would you would bring him back into the fold somewhere, yeah. and it's not too late to do that. He sure loves staplers, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably he'll he'll. I mean, it's going to be kind of Shining esque. He'll probably pull a, um, you know, the Shining guy who shows up at Ch- the end oh. and then dies immediately. <laughs> I was going to say he could like come to the door asking to borrow a cup of sugar and be murdered under. it. Mysterious circumstances. 
He could, yeah. Or not. I mean, it's, so, it's your pitch. I, was I just, guess, it, it, I guess the question suggestion I have... floored me, Jacob. <laughs> the question I have is, does does Meryl work her way out of this haunted house? That's a great question. I mean, I think that it's it's going to get... I mean, I guess I've got to explain it, that it's going to get really fucked up. Like, there's going to be some, like, <laughs> well, yeah. killing of her aunt at the end of it, you know? But, it, like, it's going to be, like, super graphic. Or what? Well, like... <sighs> Yes, she's gonna she's gonna like end up having to just like stab the shit out of her aunt because her aunt is like it turns out is just like completely psycho and is trying to kill her. I mean, Judy and then Judy Dench is 84 years old. I think one stab is probably enough. I don't know. She's got a lot of fortitude. She's also, a powerful woman. Yeah. Their dynamics a little weird. She's an aunt who's 15 years older, which obviously is possible, but it happens all the it, time. It happens all the time. That, that age difference that is actually interesting for me because there's so much that's mysterious about her, yet she would have seen Judy Dench grow into adulthood, maybe? Maybe. But if they were living on different sides of the pond... And whatever beef her parents had with her, they had with a child... <laughs> I mean, to well, be fair, children can be pretty trying. That it's gonna be some like omen shit, you know? Like she's gonna be like a cursed child. You know? <laughs> I like that. I like. So that. wait, Dame Judy Dench is gonna be playing a cursed old, child grown old. <laughs> I think. I think no, there, there might have to be. Idea. There might have to be some like uh, flashbacks where, like, a younger actress, you know is is tormenting an even younger actress i think that they could each play at least 60 years younger if need Meryl, be. young meryl streep could be who is the the main actress in the nun which was a really mediocre movie but oh, the main actress was really really good tysa farmiga damn you just pulled that pulled that right out she's, re- she's really good yeah she's amazing well, so she'll be young. That might be a little much, but she's very good. She's, I mean, yeah, she's not amazing, but she's like definitely. I mean, in a movie as star-studded as this one, with such completely consistently high-quality actors, <laughs> I think that she definitely belongs. She could hold her own. Yeah, I can see her holding her own. She's definitely a a seasoned horror actress. And then maybe young Meryl Streep, like. I don't know. I think Meryl could pull it off. She could play a nine-year-old herself. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting challenge for her. Yeah. Yeah, she could probably do it. Prosthetics can do everything these days. Well, acting can do anything these days. Acting never goes out of style. And with that... And with that... Let's ship it. There's there's my pitch. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to send it out. We're... We put it in a shipping container. Uh, and we mail we, it. We put a lot of bubble wrap on it. It's just across it's, the country. It is a full shipping container with my pitch and bubble wrap. That's all that's in it because it's it's really what, fragile. What happened but to Luke's really pitch? Really valuable. I guess well, Luke's that, pitch that gets its sent. own shipping container. No. Yeah. Will just metaphorically burned it. <laughs> burned it to to ashes in front of my eyes. I think that your no, pitch was already sent out. I think it's still intact. Out. It's just got it's got my mail. 
It's got my pubes on it or something, you know. Oh, no. I kind of just sullied it a little bit. <laughs> All right, Jacob, well, yeah. On that note, um, I'm going to go ahead. So I was thinking for a while about our subject this week, which just let me reiterate, is not Dame Judi Dench, but is actually Meryl Streep in her next Oscar-winning role. And I was thinking about the, the kinds of movies that Meryl has done throughout her career, and I can't say that I've seen all of them, but I don't think I've ever seen her in a sci-fi film. Ooh, that's a good point. So that's the direction that I decided to go. Uh, I'm, I was thinking of something that would kind of challenge her, you know, to go not necessarily against type, but to do something that, you know, she might not have as much experience with. So... With that being said, here we go. Meryl Streep... B- before you start... Please. Not to kill your momentum entirely, but she was in a really shitty film adaptation of the book The Giver. Oh, yeah! Well, with which Jeff Bridges. It, it's not hard sci-fi. It's more it's just like alternative reality. But Right. It's kind of like a, a... Dystopia. Dis- it's exactly what I was going to say. But I would say that was a, a blight... On her acting career. And Jeff Bridges. Which is a bummer, because that was a fantastic book. I loved that book back in the day. Yeah, it was really good. That's that's too bad. And I think Lewis Satcher... Wait, is it Lewis Satcher? No, I don't Lois think... Lois Satcher? I don't think that's that's who wrote that. That's who wrote Holes. Oh, yeah. I think it was... It was... Lois Lowry? Yeah, Lois Lowry, that's right. yeah. She signed off on it. That's all I'm saying. Is Really? It's yeah. I think she like had had creative control a little bit. Yeah, I never ended up seeing it because I heard that it was disappointing, and I didn't want to have my memory of that. It's very disappointing. Song. I've I've seen part of it, although I did fall asleep during a lot of it. So <laughs> anyway, go on. Well, anyway, this would be a way. Let me revise what I said earlier. This would be a way for Meryl Streep to do sci-fi right for a yes. change. Yes. Um, because probably sometime in her earlier days, too, she was in some kind of a sci-fi movie. Uh, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong about this. But in any case, this is going to be uh, Meryl Streep's first good sci-fi movie. So, at the beginning of the movie, Meryl Streep is uh, living her life as an eccentric billionaire who is a little bit uh, kind of like separated from society a bit. She lives in a uh, kind of a complex um, away from most people. She's made her money as kind of think of an Elon Musk. I was just thinking that actually, but less of a a psycho and egomaniac. Uh, Very innovative though sort of like an inventor type, somebody who has been uh, striving for her entire life to advance humanity in a less uh, kind of self-serving way. Yeah. Not to not to cast aspersions on Elon Musk. Did, did um, she invent teleportation? She invented both teleportation and sending electric cars into space in this universe that she lives in. Nice. Uh, so she exists instead of Elon Musk, basically. 
Um, <clears throat> so we learn that Meryl Streep, you know, we kind of see her going about her days wandering through this giant house, sort of being lonely. Um, but she has this fixation we learn uh, about interstellar travel. And specifically traveling uh, to Alpha Centauri, which is the closest star uh, to Earth besides the sun. And we learn that she, she has this theory that uh, there are habited, habited, habitable or habited yeah. planets. Goldilocks planets. There are several Goldilocks planets near Alpha Centauri. Um, and in her older years, she's kind of been spending a lot of time uh, A, trying to prove that there may be life there, and B, trying to convince uh, whatever the stand-in for NASA in this universe is going to be to uh, at least... Huh? Asin? <laughs> it'll be called Asin, yes. Uh, and it'll be run by Anne Hathaway. Ooh. Um, she tries to convince Anne Hathaway that uh, that a mission to Alpha Centauri is is worth the time and money that it would take, which would be considerable. But she has no luck with this, so she decides, screw Asin. If Asin isn't going to do this, she's going to spend her own money, and she's going to hire a bunch of engineers, hire a bunch of people to build a spacecraft that is capa capable of going to Alpha Centauri. Is she going to call it Space Y? She actually is going to call it Space Z. I guess um, yeah, that's better. Space Space Y is like Spacey. Space and, Y, yeah. And fuck Spacey, man. Spacey is... Sorry, this is a completely different let's not bring Let's not bring Spacey into this. Okay, yeah. go let's on. Not. <laughs> Could she call it the Streep? The Space Travel Exploring... <laughs> in space... Space travel, recreational ex exploration, and endeavor platform. Yeah, I, I forgot an R in mine. <laughs> Yours is better. <laughs> That's what her agency will be called. Um, I love that, yeah. It'll be called Streep. And so she she founds this, this Streep. And it's kind of like a garage operation in a very grand sense. And she hires a bunch of, as I was saying, hires a bunch of engineers and and ex-employees of Asin, which is, I guess in this universe, maybe has been taken over by the government. And they're just, you know, they're not into the whole exploration and finding new frontiers thing anymore. They're more into, like, military stuff. And it's just a big bummer for everybody who's actually involved in space travel and the cool things that <sighs> space agencies can do. So she's got this crack team. It's working around the clock, uh, and they successfully complete this this rocket project that they've yeah. they've been working on. Um, <clears throat> and then it comes time to decide what the team is going to look like that's going to go to Alpha Centauri on this mission. All right, could um, I just a reminder, please? I pitched a space expedition team. And you can poach those actors if you like. We got Terry Crews, oh. Rob Schneider, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, uh, someone else. 
they're they're all yours. To be to be completely honest, the only one of those that I'm really interested in is Terry Crews, who will definitely be one of the scientists or engineers that's involved in this in this program. But can he be can he be old? Can it be like elderly Terry Crews? <laughs> like yes. sorry to bother you, Terry Crews. Exactly. He's got a big white beard. He uses a walker, but he's still just as muscular as he is right now. Um, the thing is, though, in this film, uh, nobody else is going to agree to go on this mission. So it's going to be just Meryl Streep. Oh, man. Everybody else decides that uh, over the course of this, that the whole plan is too risky it's all kind of like a, a pipe dream of Meryl Streep's and nobody can be convinced that this mission is anything other than basically, you know, a suicide, not, not really Do a suicide mission. Do we have another but... sort of unreliable narrator situation here in that we don't really know how much of a crackpot Meryl Streep is? There, there can be a, a bit of an element of that. Uh, I don't, it's not nearly as severe, I think, in this case. Like Meryl Streep is she's she's a brilliant scientist, and I think over the course of the movie, like we're led to believe that everything that she thinks is true really is true. So it's more of a Spielbergian like underdog, like inspiration well, I story. I wouldn't necessarily say that she's an underdog. You know, she's massively wealthy and very intelligent, um, and has a lot of skills. So it's not not as much an, an underdog vibe. Like I I don't know exactly what the vibe is that I'm going for, but uh, you definitely can and probably should question whether what she thinks is the truth is really truly true. Um, but that's not really that's not really the focus. The focus is kind of on the process, and then a very large proportion of the film is going to be spent on the voyage itself. Uh, now, Alpha Centauri is, I don't know off the top of my head, it's a few light years away from here. And in this universe, we're not going to pretend that you can travel faster than the speed of light. We're not even going to pretend that you can travel the, uh, the speed of light. So it is known that this, this mission is going to take years to complete. And that's also part of the reason that... Uh, Nobody else wants to go on this mission because it's it's kind of like a the rest of your life kind of thing potentially. What what fraction of the speed of light can she go? I think that we're going to try to keep it like somewhat realistic, and I think that there is an idea out there that even with like ideal fuel efficiency and uh, solar sails and shit, you can only go something like twenty percent of the speed of light. Hmm. Um, that's going to take many years, like, I could, like decades. I, yes. See, I, I could be wrong about that too, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's a massive endeavor and I guess that's probably the main reason why she can't convince anybody else to go with her. But what she has done is she has, uh, as part of this, uh, the setup for this mission, she's developed this kind of cryo sleep chamber. Uh, that ideally she will put herself in after setting herself on the right course. And, uh, you know, she'll program it so that she will go into cryo sleep 
uh, in theory, won't age, and then will wake up as she gets close so that she can do the rest of the preparations. So this is a Disney movie. This is, yes. She is essentially Sleeping Beauty uh, on a rocket ship to a Actually, new world. I really like this idea because of her age. Yes. She's almost 70 in uh-huh. real life. Uh-huh. Like, she... Putting someone who's nearing the twilight years of her life in this scenario is is a good choice. It's you can definitely explore like the fear of mortality or like having all of your potential played out. In this those film. are those are both things that I I considered, and I think that's why a Meryl Streep would be perfect for this role. Because yeah. could a young some- Matthew McConaughey play her dad? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, a CGI version of Matthew McConaughey, uh, circa Sahara, would be playing her dad. <laughs> is Christopher, or not Christopher Nolan, uh, uh, yeah. is Zimmer, is Zimmer Michael, doing the score? Michael Caine, oh, okay. Zimmer's doing the score. Zimmer can do the score. But here's okay. the thing, guys. We, we have some more details to talk about, because some things are going to go wrong on this oh, rocket, no. rocket ship trip. Tell us I more. thought it was going to be totally frictionless. <laughs> it's going to be totally frictionless. She was going to make it. And everything was going to be good. And she was going to come back and be like, hey, y'all. This is a feel-good movie. Does she, yeah. does she wake up one year into the voyage, Luke. realizing that she'll be 103 and dead by the time she gets there? You basically nailed it. She, she does wake up. She wakes up very soon after uh, taking off. The the cryo sleep chamber malfunctions, so she That's wakes a bummer. up. Um, but she she doesn't. It's not to the point where she she's going to be like unrealistically old by the time she gets there. There are provisions on the ship, so she'll be able to survive. One, two. It's going to be like twenty ish years. Um, so she'll be like ninety when she gets there. Yeah, but. She has a lot of time to kill. Uh, obviously, she spends a lot of time trying to fix the cryo sleep chamber. Uh, isn't happening. So she basically has to uh, has to find a way to try to stay sane for the rest of the like nineteen years until yes. she gets oh, to Alpha Centauri. Which is so. Her, yeah. Did Did you see the movie Passengers? I did. so it's it's basically that movie except she's not chris pratt and she has no one to wake up to keep there's no jennifer lawrence (laughs) uh i take that that makes it really interesting like take takes yeah take a partner out of the picture and yeah there's nothing left but total insanity exactly and so the way that i was thinking of not necessarily ending, but at some point near the end, she arrives at Alpha Centauri. She finds a planet there with people on it, but she's gone so long, basically in like this solitary confinement, that she has no way of communicating with them. She doesn't remember who she is. She doesn't remember what her original mission was. 
and basically she crash lands her ship on this uh, alien planet and is very old and okay. basically a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> That's super depressing. That's dark. But what if we kicked up the depression a notch? Okay. And it was like a Planet of the Apes where she landed back on Earth. But she was just <laughs> totally unable to recognize or reassimilate. I like that idea a lot. I also just uh, have considered the idea of maybe she does make it to this this planet and she still does have her faculties around her. And she like is looking through the ship's telescopes and stuff and sees that... Uh, there is life and like a society and then the ship burns up in the atmosphere (laughs) oh damn there's a lot of really depressing ways that this movie could go I don't know I don't know that I'd want it to have a happy ending (laughs) or she she like 10 years after she leaves another really really eccentric billionaire genius who's been her like rival throughout her whole life discovers a way to go like five times faster and beats <laughs> and it her just, there it passes her by <laughs> and the other eccentric billionaire is flipping her the bird through the window i was gonna say mooning her but yeah we want it to be really tragic luke so i think mooning is more tragic than mooning, flip, mooning is off. definitely more tragic than flipping the bird i get flipped off every day but i scarcely ever get mooned and it's a very sad day when i do the reverse is true for me (laughs) i get mooned non-stop mooning is a lot more disrespectful than flipping the bird i think especially in in texas especially in space yeah and it takes a lot more commitment they're like hey you're you're surrounded by celestial bodies but the only moon I'm going to let you see right now are my two butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you don't know which way is up in space. So it's it's kind of hard to know if you're actually flipping the bird or not, you know? Or you're just pointing down with your two middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is the universal sign for love. So uh, well, it's that confusing. Could be another, maybe this other eccentric billionaire is actually secretly been in love with Meryl the entire time. And the only reason that he built his ship is because he wanted to find a way to show her that he loved her. But she sees him flipping her the double upside down birds, which is a sign of love. But she's oriented the wrong way, so she thinks that he's flipping her, oh, her the bird. Oh, man. That, okay, that's the most depressing thing I've heard And all she day. goes back into the cryosleep chamber, even though it doesn't work, and puts herself into a, an eternal coma. She just freezes herself to death. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Well, let's ship that idea, I think. (laughs) In all its potential. That's got Oscar written all over it. It does. I think so. Well, congratulations, Jacob. You're the only one of us three this week who came up with an ending for their movie, and you came up with, like, three, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we, we net out to one ending per person. Uh, I am a I'm a generous god. I'll lend you each one of my endings to lend some closure to what were some terrific stories. I have to say, at least one terrific story and one harebrained story. <laughs> Not gonna say which. Well, all you pitchers out there, thank you for listening. 
follow us on pitch underscore hunt on Instagram and Twitter. Find us at pitch hunt on Facebook and send us your emails. Yeah. Info at at pitchhunt.org. And you can visit our website, pitchhunt.org. The hunt is on. The hunt is on. Better be prepared. (laughs) 